the city of Oulu, which is uh, up north, is the the basically the bicycle capital of Finland. They have the highest model share of cycling uh, all year round, but but also during the winter. So we went to see that in the morning, and I was also like stunned when I saw minus 17 degrees Celsius, and the kids just coming like traffic like crazy. They just come there, and then we we were all like, what? What is this? This is crazy. Welcome to the Movable Podcast, where we interview using and location, movement, and play from around the world. Because your host, my daddy, Brian Lane. Today we have a returning guest on the show to talk about active transportation to and from school. We both share a common goal of increasing the awareness of the importance of physical activity, and we will be diving deeper into why their program has become so successful in Finland. Please welcome the program coordinator for Schools on the Move, Jonas Niemi. Jonas, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, and uh, nice to be back, and this time with a video. Last time we only had the audio on. Oh, so. yeah, yeah, that's right. That was, a, that was our first one. You were the very first guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been improving your technology here. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm working out the kinks, hopefully. <laughs> one by one, one show at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, before we even get started, we didn't plan on this, but I wanted to do something kind of selfish, fun for mm-hmm. me. I wanted to ask you how to pronounce some words in Finnish. <laughs> um, so I want to learn a little bit about the Finnish language. Sure, and I thought sure. maybe other people want to know, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is one of the most difficult languages in the world, as you might know. I but, know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, do it. I can tell. I've looked up some stuff, and it's it's one thing to read it, but it's another to hear someone pronounce it. Mm. So I figured I'd ask some of some words. I have a short list here. All right. So the first one, school. Uh, kolo. Kolo. Ko- quite good. Yeah. Huh. It's almost All the right. same. Okay. Uh, play. Uh, leikki tai peli. We might have like uh, more, but if you mean play as a kids play, yeah, uh, then you would say leikki. Leikki. Yeah. With two right. Ks, we have this double consonant stuff. Okay. Yeah, that's what's tricky. And again, when I read it, I'd want to say it a certain way. I want to Americanize it. I guess. And we say but... every letter, so that's easy. We hmm. pronounce every single letter. Oh, so there aren't any silent letters. Not really, no. That's okay. why when we speak English, it might sound a bit like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes that makes sense. Yeah, because you're thinking you have to pronounce every letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I could understand would make English way more confusing because of that. Uh, movement. Uh, liike. Liike. So that yeah. sounds a lot like play. Yeah. That has okay. two eyes, so it has the double vocal instead of the. Okay. Yeah. And these right. are the basic forms of the words, because then, because we don't have prepositions, so then we add something in in the end of the word. Hmm. You know. Okay. If I would say that I'm on the move, like schools on the move, so it that would be liikesä. Okay. Liikesä. Yeah. <laughs> We have, right. friendly, we have 18 uh, nouns, I think. 18 nouns? nouns? Yeah. Oh, okay. Huh. So 18, 18, 18 or 19 different ways to say the word. 
Okay. All right. Is there, now this is off on a tangent a little bit, I guess, but I noticed um, learning more about Finland and the people in Finland, it seems like your name or part of your last name can be kind of included in other people's names too. Like I feel like I've seen other people's last names that have Niemi in it somehow. Yeah, there's, for example, there's Nieminen. Okay. And then you can have Virta, Virtanen. Yeah. So, right. oh, oh, you mean the first name? No, no, the last name. The last name, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But we also can have first name as a last name sometimes. Wow. All right, that gets confusing then. <laughs> yes. All right. I'm 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 really showing off my ignorance here to <laughs> Finnish culture, but I wanted, to, I wanted to ask some of this stuff. No, it's good. All right, cool. All right, uh, next one. Physical education. Um, that's interesting. How do uh, we don't have that in that particular form? But we would say, liikunta uh, tunti would be the okay. physical education class in school. So liikunta tunti. Liikunta tunti. Oh, that's tough. All right, good. You're doing very good, but you. Because you don't have the word in uh, Finnish there. No, I did. I purposely yeah, didn't you, write it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you uh, pronounce very well. Just hearing. All right, awesome. All right, three more. Hello. Should be an easy one. Uh, right? Yeah, there's many ways. Easiest might be hey. Okay. Hey is easy, but then maybe the Finnish very nice one, what I like is moi. Moi. Okay. So you could say hey or moi. Moi, yeah. And All then right. there's also like these dialect versions, but those are maybe the most common ones. All right. All right. Last two, hopefully simple ones. Goodbye. Um, okay. Well, this is quite interesting too. Um, <laughs> uh, you could also say hey or hey, hey, like hey, hey, like okay. double or moi, moi. But then maybe the like um, uh, official one would be nakemin. Nakemin. Yes. Nakemin. Okay. That's very official. Okay. All right. Last one. Thank you. That's easy. Kitos. Kitos. Okay. I have heard that one before. I've heard of that one. All right. Good. Yes. All right. Well, that thanks, was... Jonas. Now I learned a little bit more about uh, how to speak Finnish. Hopefully, some other people learn that too. Yes. Yes. Good one. All right. All right. So today we want to spend some time kind of diving in deeper about active transportation to and from school now i know in the u.s it really depends on where your actual physical building is located because at the school that i teach at we're we're almost right on the corner of two really busy roads so we literally have no one no kids walk uh run bike or anything they do not actively commute to school and that i don't know if it's only because of the danger of the busy roads um, I don't know exactly for sure why, but I know we don't have anyone. Everyone either takes a bus or gets dropped off by their parents. Um, but in Finland, it's not that way. And thanks to you guys, things have changed. Sounds like dramatically over the years too. But so do you want to first talk about your role in schools on the move with active transportation? Yeah, I, I actually had planned that I could, I could say that, but then I was also thinking if I share my, like my, uh, oh. story on, on, the transportation because it's actually not something that what I'm doing now, what I'm trying okay. to promote. But yes, so um, I work in the uh, active school school transportation development, basically on the schools on the move, and we mm. have had some uh, projects 
that we have done that has been funded by the Ministry of Education. And then we have the Independence Fund that also have been funding some of the projects for the municipalities. So what I'm basically doing that I'm trying to coordinate in Finland that what kind of act- actions the, the municipalities and the regions are doing. So then we can better also help the others so we know what they do and then we can share the ideas forward. Basically the same ideology that we have in the schools on the move. And now mm-hmm. we have been establishing a separate program for the active school transportation, which is basically like a, a child to schools on the move. And okay. we have also a couple other organizations there that are um, doing the cooperation with us because they are also doing development in the field of uh, active school transportation that now we work together and I'm running running the program, coordinating the, the active school transportation program, mm-hmm. the national national one. Nice. And, okay. Yeah, and and then actually, because I was thinking also when I was a kid, that how did I go to school? And I had quite short trip to school. I I was uh, living in a small municipality, and um, when I was first, second, third grader, I usually I walked and bicycled like from the very start. First, you go with your parents or maybe some uh, babysitter or something like this, and then you start to go uh, independently. That's how it usually goes mm-hmm. here in Finland. But then I remember that uh, my friend who lived nearby, uh, his grandpa had a car, and then he drove us to school, usually during the winter or bad weather or even any time. And that was seriously like uh, by bike, it was maybe 10 minutes and by walking 15. And still we went okay. by car because he wanted <laughs> yeah. to take people. And um, then when I got to uh, the upper or the secondary school, uh, I went by, by bicycle for a little bit. But then when you when you are 15, you can get the, the scooter, like the moped or motor, motor scooter. Mm-hmm. And I start to go to school with that. So I basically went to school a lot with car and some other forms of uh, motor vehicle. And then yeah. when, when I get to the university, I had my own car and mm. I still had a short way to school. Sometimes I went by car, which was just ridiculous. Yeah. But then when my car broke down and I didn't have, uh, I was not afford to fix it anymore. Then I started to, you know, bike to everywhere. And mm. now I usually just bike. If it's under, under 10 kilometers, so like five, six miles, I more or less always bike. And if, oh, wow. if if it's more, then I use the public transportation. So it's very good for me to be in these positions because I also know the other way that I'm not the one who always went by bike or by walk, mm-hmm. that I've always been using cars. And it's it's a lot of depending on the parents, you know. Yeah. If If the grandpa didn't take us, we would have gone by bike mm-hmm. or by walk. Or if my my dad didn't got me the scooter i would yep. have biked yeah you know it's hard because once you have those things it's it's cool to use them it's cool once you're able to drive to drive a car you don't want to drive ride a bike to school when you can ride drive a car uh, yeah and you know i remember when i did my uh exchange studies in oklahoma state university and and uh the the people in my building they wanted to go grab something to eat from the university store and it was like literally 300 meters away hmm. so i got there and they said let's go by car i was like no way we're going by yeah. car they <laughs> went by car i went by walking i was there there before them yeah it's crazy well, yeah just because probably the logistics of getting in the car and then parking somewhere getting out walking yeah that's funny though yeah 
how is it as a as a culture in Finland um, just for work? Do people actively commute back and forth to work? Does it seem is, is that common or is it mm. not as common there? Well, it depends a lot, of course. What's what's the uh, uh, distance to work? But for example, mm. here in the capital area, where we have amazing public transportation system, we have the trams, the subway, the buses, uh, and then we have the city bikes, for example, and so there's more people that are using other forms of transportation rather than going by the car. But of course, if you have longer way to work, it's sometimes faster to go mm-hmm. by car. But we still have quite good culture of going uh, with also active transportation yeah. methods. Yeah, that sounds similar to here in the U.S. Because once you get into the cities, if if people aren't using public transportation, they usually are biking or walking somewhere to get there. But Obviously, once you get further out into the suburban areas in the country, you see a little bit less of it to work anyways. I've noticed, I don't know if you've noticed this in Finland, but in the U.S., it's almost impossible to to buy a bike right now during this pandemic. They're sold out everywhere. Yeah, they and and usually here, it's quite hectic anyway during the spring, Uh, like the maintenance and stuff. But now it's even more. And and hmm. that's one of the reasons, and especially the e-bikes, the electric bikes. Oh, okay. are now been running out and that's been a like increasing trend i think in in europe in general the the electronic bikes or the e-bikes that they are getting more and more popular because we that's very good alternative to motor vehicles when you have like let's say plus five kilometers to work like five to ten because mm-hmm. then with that one you don't need that much you know uh you don't have to be that fit if you use an uh, electric bike and you don't get that yep. sweaty because not every place you can go to shower and, and, and mm-hmm. so on. Yeah, if you're wearing a suit and tie, you don't really want to hop on a bike and sweat uh, before you get to work. Not really, no. Yeah. yeah. Huh. All right. Um. So, so why do you think it's important for kids to actively commute then? What? Obviously, we know that it gets them physically active um, before and after school, and there's huge benefits to that that we can talk about. But is there anything else you notice beyond that that comes from active commuting to and from school? Well, of course, like physical activity in general, what we also discussed in the fir- first one, that it has these third factors, a lot sleep, nutrition, uh, concentration, those kind of things come mm-hmm. come also there. And, and of course, the... Uh, Endurance fitness is very good um, benefit of, of active commuting in general. But of course, mm-hmm. fresh air, if you don't have a lot of uh, pollution around the area. Yeah. We are actually looking for one research project now that if we can measure the pollution that comes for the active commuters because of the vehicles. Oh, okay. We don't, yeah, we don't have the grant yet, but we hopefully... Um, one yeah. of the re- research partner will get it, but of course, yeah, fresh air. You can be outside, and uh, especially uh, walking. And if you have um, room for that, that you can socialize with your fellow schoolmates and friends when the way to school. Because many times they are living nearby, hmm. they go together so they can talk. And also, if you are going with your parents, you can also have time to discuss and have, have have a chat with them during during the time you go to school. Yeah. And you were saying that it's almost like a transition that they make when they're younger. Kids will ride to school either with their parents or a babysitter, and then they 
move on from there and start riding on their own, right? Yes. Usually, uh, when you go to first grade, you go together with your parents or guardian or something. You go together um, quite quite a lot. You check the places. You check if there's some crossings and so on. And then, in some point, even the first graders they start to go independently or then together with a neighbor hmm. or something like this. In first grade, that's the first year of compulsory mandatory school, right? Yeah, we have the preschool from uh, uh, like six-year-olds. Mm-hmm. That's also nowadays mandatory, the preschool. Um, okay. But yeah, the seven seven years old is the first year of primary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so because I noticed at our school, um, I run a like a physical activity program in the gym before the mm-hmm. school day starts. Um, and I don't, I don't do it every day of the week, but a couple days out of the week throughout the year. And I've heard a lot of good feedback from the kids and from the parents that they just feel more focused when the school day starts because they were active before school, which is just an added bonus. Obviously, I want to get them physically active for those reasons, but just the, just the focus that they have, I think from getting their blood flowing and moving Mm -hmm. around like that and socializing, like you said, really helps start the school day off right. Definitely, definitely in the morning, I would say that, the, and you also have more energy for the whole day when you when you can start it actively. And not everybody have that possibility in Finland always, because we also have some long distances to school that they mm-hmm. have a school transportation. But then uh, for those students, of course, um, sometimes if you have the possibility to uh, use the, for example, if they use the bus that they can walk a short bit. Mm-hmm. Or if they don't are they are not always picked from from home that they have like collecting points so they have some physical activity at least uh, when they go to the transportation. Yeah. Does the school offer any kind of help to families to purchase bikes or anything like that? Because I think about our schools and most schools in our in our area at least spend millions of dollars every year on school buses just because mm-hmm. everybody rides the bus to school. But if they could spend less money on buses and put more money into mm. helping families purchase bikes and buy bikes, that might be better. I didn't know if you guys did that at all in Finland. Yeah, there's uh, by law, if you have five or more kilometers to school, you you have to get like this uh, school transportation. But it can be a bus or a taxi. We don't have those uh, similar buses that you have that they are only... Well, well, well they, we the have yellow those, bus? They, yeah, not the yellow bus. They're basically the normal local transportation buses that go the route but they're not picking up from home but mainly they use the bus uh, so if you have five or more kilometers you are entitled to benefit of 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 this um going to school um but then we have some examples actually uh that during the school day if you have some trips many times the schools they use buses and so on but we have some schools that they have uh purchased bikes for the school and if they have trips during the day they can use the bikes and then they save on transportation costs, oh, Okay. for example. So they might take trips during the school day yeah, with yeah. the kids on the bikes? Yes. So, um, for example, because the school doesn't have everything, uh, for example, uh, not all the sports facilities are always on the school. For example, swimming halls or track and field might be somewhere else or then you have might have visits to libraries or some nature resorts or something so there is actually quite a lot of excursions outside of school during the day and now actually in our program um, the active transportation program we are now researching more into it that how much do the students 
go during the day. But we have one pilot example where they, where the students they, they drove uh, even five to seven kilometers one way, hmm. as a with a, a like for a trip. Yeah. So it's quite common to go, and and there those uh, school bikes are very helpful because not everybody have the bike. For example, mm-hmm. if they are coming with uh, school transportation or if their uh, social economical status is something that they just cannot afford to have a bike, so then these school bikes are very good alternative. And those are actually more and more popular. School are, schools are getting those, and most of the schools would like to have bikes, but then not all everybody have funding for for the school bikes but many of the the schools they purchased bikes for school of schools on the move uh, funding okay yeah which is great i mean that's awesome to provide that for the kids and help them out i think that's amazing the excursions that they take during the day especially riding that long of a distance that's awesome right there and you know even even young kids there's one they usually do it only once a year, but there's one kindergarten, uh, five to six year olds, I think, that they have this trip that they go, like I think it's seven to ten kilometers one way. Wow. Kindergarten. But, they only, but yeah, they only do it once a year. Um, okay. But then you know, first, second graders, third graders, um, during the autumn and spring, they usually always have some kind of trips that they do. Yeah. Wow, that's great. So one thing I wanted to make sure we talk about, and I can share a picture of this with the episode too when it comes out, is commuting during the wintertime. I mean, in Finland, I think most people know it's not like California or Australia where it's just beautiful and mm. sunny every day. It's You guys have some cold weather there and lots of times during the year when... How, how many months out of the year would you say there's snow on the ground? Well, it depends, of course, because we're quite long country. True. And and now because of the climate change issues, the south where, for example, the capital area is, we have less snow. Like last year, there was basically no snow the whole winter. But oh, then wow. again, in Lapland, they had their record amount <laughs> of, yeah. of snow. But um, I would say that it might be like half of the school year. So from November till end of March. Okay. More or That's less. similar is, to here in New York. Yes. And, and the weather, at least, it's dark because mm-hmm. here during the summer, there's basically very, very bright. But then during the winter, it's again other way around. So it's very, mm-hmm. very dark. And if you have no snow, you don't get any reflection of anything. So a lot of mm-hmm. might be rainy, very cold, windy. So the weather is quite challenging uh, most of the school year. Yeah. Here. But mm-hmm. then when you go to north, then they have a lot of snow. And the picture uh, I also sent you was from this excursion that I took a couple of municipalities to learn about uh, winter maintenance and also uh, winter commuting because the city of Oulu, which is uh, up north, is the, the basically the bicycle capital of Finland. They have the highest model share of hmm. cycling uh, all year round, but, but also during the winter. Wow. It's, it's amazing. And uh, we met to visit this school. It's also on the video that, for example, you saw in the webinar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Metsukanga school and they have around 1200 students it was originally designed for 500 students but then because okay. the area crew and they have over 1000 so we went to see that in the morning and I was also like stunned when I saw minus 17 degrees celsius and the kids just coming like traffic like crazy they yeah. just come there and then we, we were all like what what is this yeah. <laughs> this is crazy wow 
I mean, you, you wouldn't expect the northern end of Finland to be kind of the capital of biking. No. And, you know, for them, uh, for them, they're like basically looking at that. What, what's, what, yeah. what are you so fun about? about what, is, what is crazy? But when they realize that, that is, it's really something special. Because, for example, we, the picture I sent, it's not the exactly same picture, but from the same place. The mm-hmm. cycling coordinator for Oulu took picture also. And they just had the Winter Cycling Congress. I think it was in Canada, Calgary, the next week. And then okay. it went to Twitter. It got so viral that hmm. uh, in the end, when they did uh, like a media uh, research, they had like 30 to 40 different internet articles, like in Malaysia, Vietnam, wow. all over the world of that picture. Yeah. That And in the embassies, the Finnish embassies were uh, reposting it. And it got very popular because there was around thousand students come to school by bike even during the winter from that wow. and the other 200 more or less they walk so nobody wow. really comes by car yeah are there any rules where if it gets down below a certain temperature they're not allowed to ride or walk or can they do that whenever they want basically yeah this not really um i did some excursions with some students when it was minus 20 wow that we did this pilot. We had uh, one of the mayors of one of the cities uh, to wa- uh, to bicycle with the students to their route because we wanted to also demonstrate the, the importance of winter maintenance. Because mm-hmm. we have we have a lot of um, development issues there of the winter maintenance. Because for example, our model share during the autumn and spring is very high on active transportation, like around 70 or 80 percent come by bike or walking but then during uh, the winter it might drop to 50 60 and usually the cycling is the one that suffers the most that uh, mm-hmm. the students they 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 come to that or they change to walking from cycling so we okay. have a lot of we have still we still have quite a lot of development on working on the winter maintenance and the priority of the winter maintenance especially here in the south where it it gets very slippery so mm. you cannot just plow you just cannot plow the snow away you have to use you know different methods yeah salt or winter. sand or, yeah salt yeah. uh in uh, my hometown turku which is in the other side of the coast they have this project where they it's called brush salting so they mm. use a brush and salt and then it gets basically dry oh okay all right but it's very expensive yeah i could see that that makes sense do the kids have um separate tires for the winter time that they swap out um, or yeah we have these bike spike tires not all of all the people use them but of course it yeah. helps quite a lot and also people who uh cycle to work example to work all year round they usually change the tires yeah actually i just on a tangent here i just went mountain biking on a trail the other day and i mm. haven't gone in a while <laughs> and uh yeah. the, tr- the tread on my bike tires isn't very good and we went right after it started raining and i wiped out pretty hard we were flying down a hill and there was a jump that i didn't see coming so oh. i hit, hit the brakes brakes locked up wheels slid out and i slid down the hill a little bit but it was a fun bike ride but i, yeah. but I see the importance of uh having good solid tread on your tires especially if you're going to ride through thick stuff Definitely. like snow Definitely, and then the, for example, the sand is not the best, uh, 
like like when you try to prevent the slipperiness um, yep. when you go by bike. But then you know, while walking is good. But then with bike, it's kind of like you know, it's almost the same as ice. Yeah, I could see that because we. It depends on the town, but in here, in our area, some places use sand, some places use salt. Because the downfall of salt is it erodes your car real fast. But with sand, it doesn't do that. But like you said, you lose traction mm. and it's slippery. So it's it'd be interesting to see how that the brush working with the salt. Yeah, works. it's been it it works it works quite well. I've been riding yeah. the route because it's only small small part. Uh, but like I said, it's it's quite expensive, and they have a uh, separate funding, EU funding, to do this uh, mm. pilot thing. So uh, we will see. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so kind of on that note, I guess, what what do you notice as far as um, danger goes with cycling and active commuting? Because mm. I'm I'm sure a lot of parents in the U.S. that would be their number one concern. Like, are my yes. kids even going to be safe riding to and from school? Yeah, and of course, that should be the first priority of all the, the parents that uh, mm-hmm. their kids can go safely. And one thing actually um, I forgot also to mention and we maybe didn't go through yet is the, the reason like why the students here going so well to mm. school. And basically one of the reasons is that it, it is very safe to commute actively because our schools are quite near. We have this like homeschool principle that you usually have your nearest school is many times very near and i checked for example from our national statistic that uh, from the one first to sixth graders their nearest school which is maximum of three kilometers 90 percent of the students live in the area that the nearest school is maximum of three kilometers and seven to nine graders maximum of five kilometers 83 percent of the students Okay. Have that radius, so that means that the the schools are mainly near, very near, yeah, very close, close, okay. close to them, and then that also gives the possibility to go actively and and makes it feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and also about the safety, one of our researchers did this, um, basically research review about the statistics of these very, like bad injuries or casualties and we have had in 10 years 28 uh casualties in commuting the schools so in 10 years so that's basically uh two to three per year and this doesn't mean that they're all actively commuting they might be also using you know motor transportations or something like this and actually of those um i'm kind of like this statistical nerd so Pardon me. <laughs> no, that's okay. I like it. <laughs> so, from those 28 casualties, uh, eight has been with a motorcycle or the motor scooter, and then 12 pedestrians, six by bike, and one uh, inside a car. So, hmm. that means that a lot of them also are using the motor, motor vehicle, so not all of them are coming uh, because of the active transportation. And if you, if you translate that into how, if you translate that like, on the model share, then then per million commutes to school, uh, the accident accident ratio is by bike it's zero point six. So okay. on mil on million uh, school trips only zero point six causes some kind of yeah. injury or 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 death. Yeah. So so that yeah, means it's very safe. About, mm. Yeah, exactly. Because if if you had those same numbers at some schools around here, they might seem 
scarier if you just mm-hmm. look at the actual numbers of deaths. But when you look at it as a percentage over the amount mm-hmm. of total total people that are actually actively commuting, it's far, far less than that. But when it comes actually to your case, when most of the students are driven to school and so, they can they can easily argue that it's very safe for our students because they go by car. So mm-hmm. nothing happens to them because they go by car. And sometimes we get this argument as well when it comes to the traffic around the school area, which is the most dangerous and causing the most risk. So mm-hmm. when, but then you have the students who are going by walk or cycling, and then the others are going by car. And then we can see that it's dangerous for the student going by, by walking or cycling. So then their parents might think, I should also drive my children mm-hmm. and then you have even more and more so if for example in us if you only would look at the the amount of injuries around the school maybe there's can be zero because nobody's coming by bike yeah, or walking true. yep but i mean there still are plenty of car accidents and i mm. i don't know how much you guys deal with it i'm sure you deal with it a lot in finland but distracted driving is just unreal around here i mean unfortunately we have a lot of people that get hit when they're riding a bicycle they get hit from someone who is mm. distracted while they're driving, whether they're on their cell phone or something like that, where they're just not paying attention. Um, so that that's the concern with that, I guess. But I don't know. I think it far, far outweighs the actual casualties that happen just from driving a car, though, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and usually if you, if you have an uh, injury or accident, with with a bike or walk that doesn't the other part or the other one is not a car let's say that you just stumble with your bike usually the injuries are not so serious always sometimes there is casualties always also like you hit your head or something like this but then Mm -hmm. it's it's less serious many times and then uh sometimes the focus comes to the individual who goes by bike or by walking that okay did you have a helmet did you observe everything around you? And you're you're all children, mm-hmm. so you have to understand that the person driving the car also have to focus when they're children. And you know, do you have reflectors? Because we have this. So we have one example here. This like reflectors, you know, that oh, yeah. that you know the life reflects. Because during the uh, winter time, it's very dark, and then the cars maybe don't see you if you are completely dark and you don't have any reflecting mm-hmm. materials. So you use then they say that did you have your reflectors did you have your high high visibility vests yep you know is that part of the finnish curriculum at all is talking about bicycle safety and road safety yes it's usually usually some part of it that uh, especially mm-hmm. the younger students that the helmets you have to have the helmets you have to have the reflect reflectors you are not you shouldn't look at your phone where you're crossing the streets and they have these walks and we have this one organization that um it's basically a traffic safety organization that national one that also does a lot of work with uh, together with the schools and of course we also want to do work with the schools but we would like to focus more on the infrastructure that the infrastructure mm-hmm. is safe rather than we always go by that individual responsibility. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about with this? This was really good to learn more about this active transportation. I wasn't sure if there's any other statistics you wanted to talk about or 
Yeah, well, yeah, well, I think I already covered like how how well the the Finnish students usually go go mm-hmm. to school at the moment, and some people then they do do ask us that um, why you need to develop it because the students go quite well already. But then, mm-hmm. uh, for example, the winter and the fall time is quite difficult sometimes. That yeah. uh, we are dropping on the active model share quite a lot and then because there's a constant change in the school network you might have you know some uh, uh, air problems inside the school that you have to do you have to move away to another school or build a new one so you always have to know that um, when you develop the new that it's safe and the, the infrastructure is good and at the and also, I would say that we have to still uh, put a lot of effort on focusing on the parents' attitude. Because, you know, they're the ones who decide in the end that which way the... Like I said in my example, that if the mm-hmm. friend's grandpa didn't drop off us or if I didn't get a scooter, I would have biked and walked. And I actually, yep. in one of the... Uh, excursions we did with the students in the minus 20, I asked one of the students, that, why why do you come like this weather, you come to school by bike? And then he said, my my parents don't drive me, and I don't want to <laughs> walk, it's too slow. So yeah, then well. he goes by bike. So the the importance, I like, I would emphasize it always on this, and also, you know, physical activity, that, like, how important is the, the role of or the role model of this the parents and we actually have this yep. uh in our organization we have this very very long-term study uh on the physical activity behavior i think it's like fifth almost 50 year old old study that been observing well, the same people how did they go uh to school how do they go to work how their children go to school how their grandchildren go to school and we can hmm. see you know the, that there is a connection between yeah. like many generations. So basically, what I do might affect on two generations after me. So therefore, it's very very important that we focus on, especially the parents' role. That's mm-hmm. kind of like my end. Uh, yeah, comment. I hear you. Yeah, the, the family dynamic really plays a huge factor in in that. That's why it's interesting that you. I'm glad you shared your story about how it's not like you grew up biking to school every single day and that's why you have the job you have now. Like mm. you, you've kind of had both, both ends of it, seen both sides of it, which yes. is cool. But then again, like my mother, uh, didn't have a driver's license. She cycled to work like 10 kilometers every day, one way. Wow. And even dropped off my uh, little sister to kindergarten on the way. She <laughs> did that. So basically, wow. there's something, you know, here, but then again, when it's easy and it's yep. given to me that you can go by car, of course you go by car. But then my mother didn't have a car. My dad had another work. So my mother yep. had to go by bike. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool, though. I mean, I I, I want to hear more stories like that more often. Just people just biking and, like you said, actively commuting everywhere just because there's so many benefits that come from it that I, that I don't think people realize yeah now but, you know and, when, and like you said too mm-hmm. oh go ahead because no, there have these you know these cargo bikes nowadays and then you have these bikes that you can have um you know your children on the back or even these yep. uh, separate uh wheels or carts that you can have so basically it's not anymore uh excuse that 
I have to take my children to school by car because I have two children and whatever or three. Because yep. you can, you yeah. can, you know, there is now solutions and electric assistance, and it's all all about the will. And of course, the distance matters. That if you have fifty kilometers or even twenty, but if you have ten, that's manageable. And sometimes yeah. it even takes less time. Yep, you're right. And and I totally agree with that because we live about a mile from the beach here, and uh, sometimes we'll drive, and it'll take ten minutes to get the car packed up, drive, park, unload the car, then go to the beach. So we very rarely ever do that. Normally we get on our bikes we'll throw our son in the bike trailer like you had mentioned the thing that goes behind the bike and uh he actually rides his own bike now but before we'd throw him in the trailer ride there we'd be there in five minutes sometimes less just because we were riding our bikes it was a straight shot there um but yeah we love it and i i think people are starting to see the importance of it and the value of biking especially just because of the pandemic right now it's obvious Mm. because all the bikes are sold out everywhere around the world so this I think the, this is a great time for you guys to be able to mm. um, push your case here a little bit. Definitely, and then actually I had to have to comment on that that what what the pandemic has done. For example, the city of Paris, you can see it's uh, enormous what happened there because of the pandemic. It and they they did also like small fast changes to help. You know they were closing down uh, driving driving lanes for for bikes and so on and wow. like in short you could actually if you're interested you can check check paris and and you know that's a big okay. huge city in europe anyway uh, and yeah. also that this has some positive effect effects on that that sense that people are thinking that hey i can do this also another another way yeah the same thing yeah, exactly. i've always done i always gone by car this three kilometers or I always done this sort of bus trip, but hey, I can use the bike. Yep. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's almost like the veil has been lifted off people's eyes where now they're like, oh, wow, I, I can actually, I can do this now. I can ride my bike. Didn't even realize I could do that before. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, it's been great talking to you, Jonas. Um, it's a lot of always really good pleasure. stuff. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, we'll be able to chat again soon about another, another good topic. Definitely, definitely. And uh, I wish everybody a great summer. 